we're live. Or at least we're recording. I'm not streaming this on account of... I haven't exactly, like, posted that idea to you. I think I did the first two live, but this will be good. Okay. So, uh, today we have on Hi. Maya. You let me know if you want to have your last name out there. I had a writer on, and then, like, last week she's like, could you take my last name off in case, like, future jobs start looking for me and they hear me, like, cussing and talking maybe controversial topics on your podcast? <laughs> like, sure. I'll, I'll get rid of that. I'll get rid of that. But... We'll, we'll stick with Maya for now. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. In case you, like... So have you entered, like, actual retirement? No. No, no, not at you're all. just you're just freely unemployed. No, from... I am currently employed. Oh, you've gotten a job since we've st- just started yes. this discussion. Yes. Uh, no. Well, since the last time I spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> I start in December. Nice. Yes. Uh, where or what's the what's the industry? Insurance. Insurance sounds like a desk job with just. Are you talking to clients or are you talking? To... I will be. Okay. You should be able. <laughs> so did you actually, because, so you did retail work that had engraving as one of its um, big perks. Of backbone. The pro- backbone. Backbone of the, of the, of the company. Correct. Um, remember that. Now, <laughs> now um, oh, let me think here. So what was your prompting of leaving that? Actually, it, uh, it wasn't my choice. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> I okay. um, I had a death in my family, oh. and um, my uncle, who was mm. very close with us, was mm. um, closer to a father figure than I ever had. Nice. Um, past my sperm donor, and uh, it was it was very difficult to deal with, and uh, he passed away on December tenth of last year, mm-hmm. and being that that was going to be my twenty fifth Christmas, I knew. Yeah exactly what goes into achieving what I needed to achieve yeah. through that time. And I was not capable mm-hmm. of such things at yeah. that moment. So for the first time in my uh, existence with Things Remembered, I reached out to my home office and they offered me, we have an employee assistance program. Yeah. So I went out on leave. Okay. And in the midst of that, uh, they declared bankruptcy. <laughs> Like the whole company is just like bang. Yes, yes, sir. What? <laughs> That's the short version. That's insane. <laughs> yes, sir. That is absolutely insane. Because I was, I feel like we could almost name them now, since like there might be no worry unless they're like reconstructing. No, no, no. They're still around. <laughs> they're so still they're just around. going through a bankrupt. They're pulling a trump. They're just hitting bankruptcy as a financial tool, and we went from more than four hundred stores down to one hundred and forty-three. Jeez. And were assumed by another conglomeration for the umpteenth time in the more than two decades I spent there. I feel like that whoever is sort of running that company doesn't have a good long form style and how they run their things. Because, like, if you have to run the calculations, like, we have to get rid of, like, 400 stores out of our 500 to, like, get to a good stasis. It sounds like you tried to get too big for your britches. <laughs> I never had a problem in my store being successful, mm-hmm. but our corporate did. Our corporate had a problem with you being successful or just getting success anywhere else? Uh, our corporate had a problem maintaining the success of the company. Bad decisions, poor yeah. choices in buying, uh, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, disconnect with how the how the thing works in a way. Uh 
and also, I mean, I for the entire duration of my uh, employment there, I always said that that job was like my abusive boyfriend. He oh, God. treated me like crap, and apparently I loved it. Oh, I could I was, actually see that now that I remember going in there and correct. Like getting things taken care of. Correct. And just looking at the entire set. Because like I did retail as well in a grocery setting for a supermarket. And I remember looking at this going like, how many people take care of this? And you're like, two. And I'm just like, when? Tonight? Oh, God. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, God. Yes, sir. I feel like you then are really looking forward to being able to sit down and just talk to idiots instead of just having to sit there to deal with like idiots above and below. Absolutely. And exceptional physical work. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Bless. And then some. Well, that's a very. So is that is that location gone? No. No, it's still because that's a really good location it in is. terms of real estate and everything. It is. It was it was scheduled to go down. Mm-hmm. So was uh, the Sanford location mm-hmm. as well yeah uh, a few days before they found out no that Altamont staying open the day they were supposed to close Sanford d- remained open but they did close down the one in West Oaks and the one in Fashion Square those two make sense for Correct. those that don't know about like uh, Florida or Central Florida with like its malls like Mall of Millennia is a godsend even though it's a very simple strip mall um, at least it always appears to be massive but I think it's just more the restaurants on the side than anything um, Oviedo Mall is a joke. It's just, it's a strip mall with a theater um, and Chick Fil A. Correct. Uh, uh, Fashion Square was like peak, like back like in the two thousands, like late nineties. Like it was peak when I was in high school, like around like oh eight. <laughs> like yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no, that's fine. I was just thinking that was very close to around the time it was built. <laughs> well, yeah, like yeah, like I don't. When was that? When was Fashion Square Mall built? Uh, <laughs> in my existence in Florida, yes. But I don't know. I don't remember the exact when it was date. built or anything. Yeah, the fact so Fashion Square has been like kind of dribbling itself down to the bottom Correct. reaches. Correct. Um, but Altamont has been the consistently strong mall of Central Florida. Yes. Next to maybe Florida Mall. Correct. And West Oaks Mall is in is in the gutter. Like, Correct. It's well, it's next to the gutter. The only thing that's keeping that thing alive is right now they have like um. So uh, for those that don't have toll roads, there's this thing called SunPass or these companies that provide you the ability to just hold 80 and go straight through the toll and never have to like hand cash to a smelly person. Not all of them are smelly, but some of them can be. I actually don't or have to learn how to toss your quarters right before you fuck your gumball options. Amen. Like, I've definitely missed that basket a few different times. Oh, that somebody... is, you look at it, you look around, you go, is it worth petering around my car to find more coins? You, it couldn't. Somebody's just behind me honking their horn. Char- I'm like, gotta go. Charge me. Take the picture of my license plate. I'll I'll call it guilty and give you your 50 cents. One exactly. for posted, one for the toll that I missed. Exactly. But yeah. So, well, then that sounds like good decision-making. Was it the Sanford location, like an independent location, or was it Seminole Town Center Mall? Seminole Town Center Mall. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like that place does pretty well. Uh, it used to before the, the shootings got real uh, rampant up there. Oh, wait, wait, like, okay. So, I, in a way, ignore all the gun violence in America these days. So, when I hear it's that local, I go like, oh, no, Pulse has returned. What? <laughs> So has it like been in the mall or has it just been around Sanford and just... The first incident that I can recall, I was mm-hmm. still employed um, at Altamont and uh, there was a shooting in the parking lot of the Sanford Mall. Oh, okay. And so... the person that had the gun went into the mall. So 
they completely shut them all down, like yeah. lockdown, so nobody yeah. could go in, nobody could go out. Yeah. And this happened in the evening. Yeah. So everybody in the mall was there until probably, you know, after midnight, 1 a.m., yeah, yeah. because they had to interview everybody. Yeah. That was the first one. And then Ooh. within a matter of weeks, there was a second. And um, I think it took a couple so months a, for the just, third. Just a touch of gun violence, no mass shooting stuff. Correct. Okay. Okay. Normal <laughs> gun violence, everyone. No. But Altamont, like Sanford, it's very much a small town feel to the clientele yeah. there. Yeah. And when the small town knows what just happened, they're going to they avoid go, it like the plague. Yeah. No. So. Well, uh, Melanie's got that impression about like Winter Park Village because she heard about like gang and gang violence for inductions at the Winter Park Village, and I'm like, well, that's a very interesting location. Um, I'm going to call you not a liar, but relative bullshit on maintaining a very ridiculous level of fear about, like, <laughs> the center of, like, corporate Winter Park, basically, with the Winter Park Villages. Well, I remember when it was Winter Park Mall. <laughs> what, was that called a mall there, where that regal was and everything? Uh, prior Is to that, its existence, yes. It's called a... What, was there a mall inside the theater? Uh, the theater did not exist. Well, like, the body the body of the building that is with where the theater it's is... It's all brand new. Okay. Every part of that is So that new. whole outdoor area with Ruth Chris's stakes or whatnot, mm-hmm. that was all considered an outdoor mall, basically, when Borders used to be there and stuff? Uh, Borders was attached to the mall when it was there. Okay, my mind is... Remember, I've okay. been here since 87. I know, I'm getting a history lesson. <laughs> so, the Winter Park Village area, that whole block, like Gay Road and everything, mm-hmm. that all was like an actual mall. And then what, Correct. they took the roof off of it? No, they leveled it. They so they it. leveled it and rebuilt. Correct. And just put new, put like the same, some of the same businesses in there. I don't know of any of the same businesses that are there. Okay, now. so like they had a macaroni girl that turned into a P.F. Chang's and is a P.F. Chang's now. They have the Ruth Chris's steaks or whatnot. Yeah, none they, of those were. They threw in that strip where the uh, theater is with the pizza shop and the sushi store. And then to the left has been a rotation. Actually, I think it's two things. It's got a, it's got a yogurt, frozen yogurt thing. And then it's got a rotating restaurant, basically. Between just whatever small business jumps in there and can do their best, and then Cheesecake Factory Correct. just dominates the rest of the parking lot, basically. <laughs> yes. And a bunch of like non-important stores and restaurants that are trying to like <laughs> keep it together and win a park when most of them... I think even like that upper-classy batch that's Winter Park are even like really conscious about where they spend their money or spending it on like nonsense. This is true. Like... I've learned that like I would much sooner have my own home homemade steak than go anywhere else. Absolutely. And then I also like had smoked ribs, like home smoked ribs for like the first time at the beginning of October. And I'm just like really depressed about my next set of like restaurant ribs. You're like, <laughs> oh, it's drowning in sauce. Well. There's no good rub on it. It wasn't smoked for four hours. Oh, how do people live with this bullshit? I could recommend you to go to Four Rivers. They're quite tasty. Four Rivers is good. Four Rivers. Yeah, the, the um, barbecue smokehouse. They, they give you a rack of ribs? Or they just give you little <laughs> splits of ribs? Because I've been there. I've been there. I used to have their pulled pork, and I was pretty happy about that. And okay. then they had like, their sweets corner. We can get like the um, orange cream sickle cake. Like It's a three-tiered giant piece of cake. I didn't even know about that. Dude, it's... They, okay. So, Four Rivers Smokehouse, they're in Winter Park, or now they have, what, like, four locations. They've got UCF, they've got Winter Park, the home base, they've got uh, one up in Longwood, right there by I-4 and 434, but they have this Sweet Treats, like, side corner. Okay. 
that's like so like you you know if as I remember with the Winter Park one you walk in instantly like switch back queue you run through your line you grab your stuff and then they have a cafeteria out there everyone sits down you go get your stuff but if you go to the further back like walk in immediate left back left corner there it has a full dessert bar nice it's just like Here's the counter. Here's all the desserts we have. Take your pick. So like, they have cakes that are just made out of Oreos. That's fantastic. Like, um, who I was with at the time, like, we got, like, like this orange creamsicle cake that had, like, I don't even know if it was white chocolate morsels on it, but it just had, like, it's like, you know, one tier icing, two tier icing, three tier, cool. Like, fantastic. <laughs> Lining of icing on, like, the tr- on the rest of the surface here makes sense. And then just packed with morsels. It's like... Uh, we need to buy insulin on the way home and <laughs> drop by the pharmacy. And... So you got your diabetes on the side then. <laughs> Basically, like, was, what's that guy? Like, Liberty Mutuals? Like, diabetes? <laughs> that classic name. I love Liberty Mutual. If it's not for the little Liberty, 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 it's the emu. I love me some emu. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm so grasping that, like, the winter... What, do you remember what year that was leveled and turned into the villages? Hmm. I was in middle school, so right about when you were born. <laughs> so 91-ish area? Ish. So it yes. was made for me, is what you're telling Ish. me, right? Yeah, roughly. <laughs> roughly. <laughs> it was made for my generation of Egypts. Because <laughs> that, between... So, like... Okay, so, like, I went to Winter Park High School. And Winter Park High School has this interesting where there's, like, the Winter Park IB kids in terms of, like, what level of income they come from. And then, do I have this right? Actually, let me make sure I have this right. That's right. And you're pink. That's right. Okay, we're good. I just want to double check mics. So either, so you have, like, upper class C fuckers are going to, like, Mala Millennia by standard. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Altamont for, like, their step down. Correct. And you had, like, the middle class, higher middle class C stuff. Where they'll rotate between, um, like, Altamont, maybe Touch of Millennia, and then, like, uh, Fashion Square. Okay. When Fashion Square was, like, respectable. <laughs> um, and then you had, like, my area, I would say, where it's, like, pretty much just basic mid- middle class. Where, like, Fashion Square is, like, all you got. Altamont Mall is too far for your parents to drive you. <laughs> and you hear about West Oaks Mall from your gangster friends. Because, like, like yeah. whoever, whoever did OCPS, they created this little loop of Pine Hills to get zoomed in to the Winter Park High School area. Yes, so, they like, did. So they had, like, the 200-300 building. Mm-hmm. All upstairs was all, like, honors and, like, IB kids. <laughs> Downstairs. West Side. Basically. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, you just get down there, you look around and go, like, <laughs> I, I need to get a tan if I'm going to hang out down here. My, my shoes need to be, like, big Adidas fuckers. I need to, I need to show my boxers a bit out my asshole. Like. Oh, which is funny because of where you live. <laughs> yeah, like you're in Winter Park of all fucking places. And you're sitting there looking around. I was like, oh, I feel like gang violence is on my doorstep. Like, and, like, I lived in that neighborhood. Like, do you know where Winter Park High School is? Of course I do. Yeah. I live off of, I lived off of, like, Ranger and Scarlet. Okay. So like, like where university just becomes a simple road, like make a left, look for the white barrel tiles on the, on the left. That was <laughs> that was the house I lived in for high school. And it's just like, well, I, I'm a skateboard away from some dumb shit at this point. Amen. I uh, moved here in 1987. Oh, dear. And we moved into Knob Hill Apartments mm-hmm. on the corner of 436 and Aloma. Oh, we're behind the Steak and Shake now? That, those right there? 
on the other side, but yes. Okay. Okay. I think so. Like by the church, like across from the church? Correct. Oh, okay. On yeah. the same side. Yeah, the, the Korean church. church over there? Or something Cor- like well, it wasn't then, but yes. It is now, <laughs> It is. Lots of things have changed since then. <laughs> yeah. And so I went to Lakemont Elementary. You can extend this out if you okay. want to keep it close. Like, don't there be shy about it. Don't be shy about it. <laughs> so I went to Lakemont, uh-huh. which was right there. I went to Maitland Middle School. And then we moved. I continued to go to Maitland Middle School, and then they split the districts apart. So and they go on range or something like that. Fifty percent of my friends went to Winter Park High School, and fifty percent went to Edgewater High School. Yep, that sounds about right. And I was the fifty percent that went to Edgewater. Oh, you were to where my mom went then. My mom went to Edgewater nice. High School actually, because nice. my mom was an Army brat up until probably middle school, high school area, I believe. Um, and they settled like here in Central Florida, so she went to Edgewater High School. Um, but my mom was the type to be like out on horseback as opposed to homecoming dance. Yes. Um, I never like, went to homecoming at Edgewater. I went to everything actually. Like mm-hmm. joiner, you are. <laughs> not really. Like, like I was not like I was not on like joining the poppy batch of the populace. It was more like I always had like. First year I went because I did have a girlfriend at the time and I needed someone to dance with me per se at the time. <laughs> and then the next year I was like, fuck it. And I just like sort of at that time with a friend that I had, I'd learn how to improvise a bit of hip hop sort of dance. So like sophomore year, I just went by myself and I just danced with anyone Aww. like by myself or anything like that. Cause I got really tired of what my generation called dancing, where it's just, you know, <laughs> butt to hips and just sway back and forth. Maybe there's a slight adjustment where, like, your, your like, knee ends up, like, just rubbing her pussy the whole fucking time like, through the jeans. Like, really wondering, like, almost hoping she's got underwear on, because denim on pussy does not sound like a good idea. <laughs> Not after a while. It is a, a chafing experience. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised. I, uh, denim on penis after a while is not a good idea. Yeah, so. absolutely. But yeah, so like, I, but I went to all of them. And I, just, I saw them as like the, the most successful party I could attend because I had like a former narcotics unit police officer as a stepdad who was going into law. Wow. So, like, I was getting shit from him because I would sell, like, half my lunch, but I'd roll the bills like a drug dealer would because, like, I had no good models. I had no good, like, proper male role models because, like, I, like, the, the unfortunate thing is, like, my stepdad gave me a lot more lessons than my dad actually has in, like, my full life. And my dad's still, you know, giving me some things here and there for sure. Um, but, like, I didn't have any clear heroes because um, mom, for a time, was in a way trying to put um, Joe above dad because Joe had a lot more reputable things until we found out he was a narcissistic, pathologically lying uh, pedophile. So, like... That'll do it. It's like, good job, mom. Your filter process is shit. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, like, I just I just basically was like... I. I found myself idolizing criminals, not and but also like, like oh, so. BET had this series on where they were like American gangsters, and it was like probably a ten part series where they would just take like these classic African American gangsters like um, Rick Ross, um, Tukey Williams, stuff like that. They do these biopics of them, and it was endlessly fascinating for me for like these stories, but also like 
these effectively, in my mind, I guess, would be successful businessmen that just found loopholes in the world, but it just how it, it always typically had to do with crime and drugs. Um, and because hip-hop was, like, getting a huge rise at that time, and so, like, that was the big pop music at the time was hip-hop, which I think it's now has died because now 95.3 and 101.9, the two, like, two of the three, two out of the three biggest, like, local channels, they've just gone to pop hits now in the last two years. Yeah, I grew up with 102 Jams. Yeah, 102 Jams. And now it's just 102 Jams with Popish. It's not hip-hoppy anymore. There is no more yeah. um, on, that I know of. I, yeah. I mean, I have to play my playlist to get my yeah get my fill. <laughs> XL's still good with Johnny in the morning. That's still the positive. Who's Johnny? Johnny Johnny's house. Uh, Johnny Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Don't know. Sorry. <laughs> been here, you've been here my whole life, and you don't know... Well, I uh, I spent a good amount of time on the radio, middle school and high school, listening mm-hmm. to it, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, as technology got better, I didn't have to put you, up with things I didn't want to listen oh, to. No, so. I, turned, I turned radio, I turned local radio on for the first time in months today, just out of some wild hair, basically. Yeah, I was. I happened to be uh, driving a friend's car that had the radio on, and yeah. I was like, "When did 102 Jams become not 102 out. Jams?" Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Don't yeah. get me wrong, they played some decent songs that I hadn't heard of before, but I was like, oh man, I'm going to miss that. Well, one or two jams for a lot of years was just struggling. Cause they not, like... not when, you know, they were in their heyday when I was a kid. Yeah, 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 they yeah. had like the quiet storm and the yeah. thunderstorm at night. And it was, you know, every kind of, the thunderstorm was like every kind of jamming hit that was coming out. And nice. Dance wise or other, and then the quiet storm was, you know, the soft R and B put yeah. you to sleep. You know, some Solid. old school Luther. I mean, yeah. Vandross, not like, <laughs> not little Luther, big Luther, <laughs> <laughs> as we used to call him. <laughs> Solid. Oh, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> no, I think during like my period, at least with uh, one or two jams. Is that like they had Steve Harvey? They had like the Breakfast Club for a while. I love Steve Harvey. And then it went to Steve Harvey. I love Steve Harvey. I love Steve Harvey as an entertainer. Other things (laughs) is kind of like maybe a little off there, bud. Um, (laughs) Actually, I think I have a copy of his book where he gives his relationship advice. Oh, yeah. Which front to back is pretty freaking solid. Awesome. Um, It's just unfortunate that like whenever he opens his mouth in in a live stream kind of way, it's like, oh no. See, I haven't been exposed to that. Like my first exposure to Steve Har- Harvey was his comedy. Oh yes, yeah, and then of course gross. the kings of comedy is like a, almost a holy grail of. No, his I when I was so when I was doing my retail and just listening to everything basically, <laughs> I went through like his discography on like um on i on Apple Music. Disgusting. Yes. Like just disgustingly good. Yeah, absolutely. Stand up. You know Eddie Murphy's about to make a comeback actually. I heard that when he's on SNL in December, mm-hmm. he's going to recreate like all old school Gumby, Mr. Robinson. Oh Jesus. All of it. And oh, it's Jesus. it's all for a launch for his Netflix new comedy special. special. Yeah, correct. He's, fingers crossed he doesn't bomb with his Netflix special. Yeah. Like good fingers for him, but like I miss him because let me tell you, I miss him being a part of it because like he was such a part of like my childhood for sure with like and the, imagine yours with the eighties because like delirious and raw were things that we that, talked those, about for years. Those but those were like genre defying in a way. Like there was a lot. So like stand up comedy, as I understand it, more or less started with Mark Twain. Okay. Per se, um, because he was the first that actually started going around and doing what was effectively comedic storytelling 
around America, um, just spoken word stuff. And then um, I can't even remember his name in the 50s, um, but he was another iconic figure. And then, um, oh, he's going to miss me. African-American legend with George, he was like right there alongside George Carlin back in the day. Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor, thank you. Wow. No, okay, so I have, okay, we're about to get another fucking tangent. Okay. Yes, we tangent. are, because George Carlin is like a god to me. George Carlin is fantastic, amazing. And Richard, here's my actual funny thing. When it comes to hip-hop and stand-up comedy, the godfathers of them... I did not get like an early introduction into them. Like mm. I, wasn't, I wasn't brought up with them. I was se. raised with them. Yeah, I was not raised with them, and so now, like, I don't have like if I ever go like in if I, I always picture like that interview. It's like who are your inspirations, and you're supposed to list off in the comedy world like Richard Pryor and a bunch of others, and then like in hip hop you're supposed to list off, list off like Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac, <laughs> you know maybe like other like old schoolers and shit like that and i'm sitting there going no for real like wow i i just didn't get that like so i didn't get into anything alternative outside of um like uh country and uh z88.3 stuff which was what much better back in the earlier 2000s um <laughs> it was like it was con- christian contemporary music but like it just had it felt like it had way more going on for it than it does now what was the first piece of music you ever bought like, it might uh, have been with your only, allowance, but what yeah, was the yeah. first, no, the first piece? Thing, the first piece of music that was bought for me that I... Because I had actually heard, like, the first three or four tracks of the album okay. on repeat in sixth grade, and then I finally got my mom to go to Best Buy's and get it, Okay, was Good Charlotte's The Young and the Hopeless. Oh, wow. And I think that started, like, at least mental, like, depressive, okay. uh, emo-ish sort of thing. <laughs> like, I never got the dress or anything. I didn't actually properly discover my chemical <clears throat> romance till I graduated, till after I graduated high school. Okay. Because... The unfortunate thing is that my mother was only interested in country and then into Christian sort of contemporary stuff. Um, so, like, it wasn't until, like, my cousin or other friends were introducing me, like, some 41 and then Ying Yang Twins and then Usher. And then, like, I was on the bus to school, so then 95.3 was on. And that was the first time I was getting, like, Usher with Yeah and all those hits at the time. So, like, it is sixth grade. And I'm finally learning about anything. I just heard whispers of 50 Cent driving with my mom in the car. Like, wow. Oh, he's a bad guy. So, like, so then fast forward to, like, living there off of Ranger, going into ninth grade center or something like that, waking up or whatever, or in the afternoon watching VH1 and MTV. And that's when I finally hear about, you know, lo and behold, but, like, anyone else. That's when I got introduced to Nickelback, all good and bad things there. I got introduced to any, I got introduced to regular pop culture history. Okay. Like, my dad, when I was with him, he would have on a classic rock, but he couldn't name a single thing. Like, I had heard Queen songs. I had no idea who Queen was. I had heard so much good shit when I was with my dad, but he is not someone who is interested in culture in a, in a discussion way. Okay. Um, He's just, he's just a character in his own right. Um, <laughs> it's fun to just sit there and watch him. He'll just talk to himself while he works. Because he works by himself with his pain body work. He's like, Aaron, why'd you fucking do that, man? <laughs> like, that's not going to go there and shit. <laughs> so, like, that's my issue is that, like, like, the only good thing I have is that, like, my dad is the only thing that probably brought me into uh, certain good cultural things. At least that I positively remember, obviously. Is that like stand-up comedy I attached to hard because like Christopher Titus's Norman Rockwell was bleeding 
was like instrumental to me because it introduced the dysfunctional family. Not familiar with. Oh, I think you'd love him. Was it? Did he have a show for a short period of time called Titus? Yes. I remember that show vaguely. I think I watched it a couple times. That show, Bruce Springsteen's family loves to death. Actually. Okay. Um, that's its own little good side that's note. That's its own little story right there. He's gotten a special. No, so Christopher, that that special introduced me to stand up in a proper way. Like stand up com- or uh, Comedy Central presents. Those were always good fun. Like I had to throw that on the TV while I was just like doing shit around the house. Did you ever listen to vinyl? No, I never got it. I okay. my roommate had a huge vinyl collection, but he couldn't pay rent. Um, okay, like we just go to where like my ass, I'm. I think by how I was, like, ineffectually raised, (laughs) I became a hipster without ever, like, proclaiming myself as a hipster because I have always had... I've always been able to enjoy all the things that I was mostly reading because it was mine. So, like, the Redwall series by Brian Jacques, I've read probably 90% of that entire series. And they're, like, Harry Potter-sized books. Never heard of it. It's great. Um, Take a bunch of, like, forest animals make them act like humans but each where the um, wild things are but each species it has a specific set of qualities you'd expect so like mice are usually the protagonists okay but badgers are fucking monsters honey badgers are uh, the shit yeah that's basically what they're what, what he's portraying <laughs> badgers are always good guys but they are monstrous things like, yes they are and it introduces like um, it introduces medieval combat because it's all based on abbeys and castles and magic swords and um, okay. and there's always a riddle going on. So like, I got introduced to like you know Helm's Deep level shit before I even knew what Lord of the Rings was like. I didn't know Lord of the Rings existed in any form until the movies actually. Wow. And like my mom actually, funny enough, my mom. This is where I think this is the first introduction that my mother was really balanced. We were talking about this earlier. Is that my mom did have us like going to church and everything like throughout childhood, just to, like good stable pieces. Right. Um. But she was not opposed. Like, she read us Harry Potter in the morning before okay. going to school. Like, when it was way early. So, like, a lot of the kids on the block that I grew up with, they were reading at what the librarian would call, like, a fifth grade level. Because, like, yeah, cause, like when um, the book lady, when the librarian, when you're sitting down, like, in kindergarten, first grade, getting the introduction to how to use the library or the media center, um, she was like, Harry Potter is, like, sort of a fourth, fifth grade level and my friend David's sitting there, like, a year lower than me, so he's, like, second or third grade. He's like, I've read those twice already. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so, I was very, uh, well, in my day, it, yeah. was, it was Dune, which ironically is being remade right now, and I'm yeah. super stoked to I see how that like, goes. I, I Actually, Mike, my friend who was, who was on last week's pseudo-podcast, um, Dune is actually really political, and there's only, like, one touch of action, so, like, turning it into, like, a movie or a show would be very... Well, apparently. they're they are remaking it. Yeah. They're in the process of it right now, which I was quite shocked. Uh, I've I've seen every version of it and I've read the majority of the books, um, but I started on that Dune uh, journey when I was four, and uh, I I know the words to the uh, Kyle MacLachlan version quite well, and I use things from that movie on a daily basis that have literally got me through life. It's, wow. it's, it's almost, it could have been a Bible to me for the longest time. That's fantastic. It is. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens there, but you know, nothing beats that version I'm such for a, me. I'm such a, like, not a, I wouldn't even want to say, I'm such a language fiend, at least for the English language and the Western English language that I actually, I can go get the book out there now actually. But this book that my mom had just sort of turned into like a second Bible for me. 
because it was much easier wisdom to digest than just reading through proverbs what was and, it um it was a uh, life's instructions for wisdom success and happiness okay um and so the book is just a lot of sayings like uh wisdom each wisdom success and happiness are actually just these sections of the book okay and so each section for probably about three quarters of the section we'll just have all these things to say that actually would involve being happy or um being successful or being wise okay and it's just like numbered so it's like here's like a couple hundred uh wise sayings or ideas or something like that and it's got quotes mixed in from arabian proverbs to the bible to einstein to theodore roosevelt to jfk like just any and like any worldly quote you could think of is right probably on, man. in there. I'm digging that. I'm going to have to look into that But like that the one. last third of it, after you get through that whole sort of quotes plus uh, advice pieces, it actually gives... Um, shut up, computer. It gives... <laughs> it actually has... It doesn't give their names, but it quotes a lot of varying... And it gives their age. So instead of like um, John Brown, it just says age 94, age 18, or age 30. And it just gives like what their quote is nice. for that topic i like it so like i read that like on purpose in school like head down at like if you wanted to find me like at lunch like from middle school backwards like eighth grade backwards you guys have to look for me just <laughs> and people wow. would just come by and be like are you okay and they were like are you staring at your crotch i'm just sitting there with like i'm sitting with one of the harry potter books or something like that some nice. thick bit of literature like and yeah, so like to finish the hipster point from before, everything that I read or became a big fan of was in my own little world. So like, I fell out of loving Harry Potter when the fandom got mad huge, like around the fourth book I'd, movie. Yeah, I did the same thing with New Kids on the Block. I understand. Oh, the band. Yeah, I discovered them like near the end of high school. I was like, it's pretty good. And that's about all. I, that's about all the emotions you got out of it. It's pretty good. I like this. Yeah. They were like the first boy band. Yeah, but, but they're like the healthiest one too. Actually, like, they're still here. They don't have like a rapey tragedy story with their manager. I didn't even. I you know I haven't followed them in so long because like you once mm-hmm. once they like really exploded I was like I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> that's where some things like I have to will myself to get on the bandwagon like <laughs> and luckily for like the, at least have you watched stranger things or anything like that i watched the first season when it first came out and yeah. i have not followed up on okay it. i took forever to get to the first season but like or at least me and um my girlfriend because like trying to sync up with a with a partner is kind of hard it's like mm-hmm. oh, i have to wait for them now fuck yeah but i had okay so while I was working at my pharmaceutical job doing data entry, mm-hmm. um, I went on vacation for about a week, come back, and I have been dropped from the system. <gasps> I still got That's it. tragic. But for half of November, me and two other people couldn't work, and they basically said, you can either stay here and sit in this side office and do nothing, or you can go home and not get paid. Wow. So I got through a lot of Netflix. <laughs> like, I finally saw Scarface for the first time because of that. I want you to say hello to my little friend. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I thought it was the dumbest fucking thing ever, actually. <laughs> like, I saw it and I'm like, you know, this is the kind of movie that my dad loves and would love because it's got that 80s vibe. It's just machismo stupid, like, to a stupid level. All I see is like... This is a guy that just calls a lot of bluffs, is over-aggressive, and gets lucky for five years and then dies. Well, my philosophy on that is definitely Rocky. 
<laughs> I'm like, what is it, Rocky 5000 that yeah, just happened? Yeah, yeah. Five and three quarters. Like, he's about to have another one. They just changed it to Creed, and now yeah, they're on to the know. third one with and that, Michael too. B. You see, Michael B. Jordan actually thought he could, like, take a fight with a real, like, boxer. <laughs> and, like, Poor it, guy. He named a guy, and the guy, like, threw it back. He's like, yeah, we, we'll see about that. Right? <laughs> and it's a guy that's been in the game for, like, 20 years. So. Yeah, don't get your pretty face hurt, son. <laughs> the pattern is full. Yeah, you look good on film you won't look good bloody like let's speaking oh, of the ghost rider i'm super stoked to see top gun coming back at it too what they're about to reboot that just you I, didn't I, know I finally, I finally saw i think i did but i finally saw top gun for the first time in the last year or so this is how deprived oh my god this is this is what happens when your parents divorce like and your stable. dad and his infinite wisdom gives full custody to your mom <laughs> Okay. Like, it's like, I wish you had more faith in yourself, Dad, but there's a <laughs> lot more culture I should have had yeah. and would have been had because, like, yeah. I'd have been, like, the only reason I, like, am on the same team of people of Steven Seagal being fan- being fantastically horrible acting but fantastic for, like, good karate in, like, movies is because of my father. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, my dad was, like, 80. He wasn't even a nerd. He was just love the action shit. So, like, my, da- my mom told me how he would get up in the morning in the 80s before I was born in 91 and just watch like the animated G.I. Joe and He-Man and shit like that. Totally. I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's cool. Yeah. For, my mother is, to the day she dies, a huge Chuck Norris fan. Like, it, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Texas Rangers. And, yeah. I, uh, I remember that now. Yeah. Well, that's what he does now. But like back in the day, <laughs> oh my good lord. And shit like that? Oh my God. Yeah. There's so many. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ron White. That's the one stand-up the comedy. The comedian? He's yeah. funny. He's funny. We got, like, so stand-up comedy blew up for me, I would say, seventh grade-ish um, with the introduction of uh, Blue Collar Comedy Tour when it first came out. And so, like, my dad's side of the family, if I actually do this right, I think my dad's side of the family has introduced me to every positive thing ever, and my mom's side of the family makes good food. <laughs> or, like, neutrally good food. Actually, I realized, so like, because like my dad's side, they make Syrian food, which is delicious. Like, nice. Um, Kubi, which is basically like raw lamb. Mm. We do it with beef instead. So like, you got to keep it chilled. Um, Shut the fuck up. God. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Uh, grape leaves. Oh my God. <laughs> Who is bothering me? Okay. That's a group chat. I'm about to be silent on my fucking phone. Fuck you. <laughs> but like, so, but they do all that. So like both sides make great fucking food. Shut the fuck up. How do I silent you? There you are. God. So like both, both sides of my family, like, oh, so like during the holidays, I historically have rotated between two to three places. Okay. I'll go to mom's side, dad's side, and then I'll, or, and then there'll be some amount of like, if I'm dating, I'll go to the girlfriend's side or both of hers or something like that. Or I'll go to like a friend's side and go get like. Go to Pine Hills with my friend Kevin, where his family was, and have, like, the best pecan pie fucking ever. I was nice. Like, it's worth the trip, man. Absolutely. Trip. <laughs> and I was driving, like, my, like, Chevy, like, like, my 98 Chevy Blazer, so I'm like, hide all the electronics, but we should be good. Like, <laughs> so, like, but I realized, actually, so what my mom's side of the family does with their beef, with their steak, or at least, like, because the, they'll get a big London boil and they'll just slice it up, grab your sliver, and you're good to go. Okay. But they have this marination process that involves, like, wine, and it makes it sour. Okay. And I don't like it. Because, like, I just... I can accept that. I just started making my own steak, like, in the last year, which is just, like, you know, brother... It's, like, butter and adobo. 
just call it even. And I loved it. And then I have one of their line of bros. I'm like, something's wrong here. It's like medium. It's like medium. It's fine in that regard. I was like, this taste is off. And then at the last last family gathering, I was like, hey, what do y'all do with marinating this thing? Or what do y'all put it in? And then they discuss it. They go all over it. It's Aunt Chickie's, our late Aunt Chickie or whatnot. She had this recipe. It's delicious. And I'm just sitting there. <laughs> and Melanie's just looking at me going like, we now know why it's disgusting. <laughs> we now know why you don't like it. Because it's just, think of like your steak and now make it sour. That's with no like no none of that salt. That sounds rough. None of that like it's just like I have a kind of gall because I'm realizing more and more how much my dad's side is in me because that's that's the side of the family I'm realizing that I just naturally identify with. Like I hung out with my uncle for several weekends in a row and made um this hatchet and made that uh pick knife over there and just sort of like nice. You know Start recognizing how attuned I am and how much more of a Solomon I am than a McGeehee. And I'm sitting there going like, you know, I think I'm about two more patient points away from just bringing my own porterhouse. <laughs> like, I need to use the stove for what? I need about five minutes. <laughs> and just already have the thing like room temp, soaked in butter and adobo, just... <laughs> the, uh... Aren't you going to have ours? No. No. <laughs> <coughs> The best steak I ever had that someone else made me outside of a restaurant, I, I was actually shocked when I was like, oh my God, what, did you marinate this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just salt and pepper. That was it. Yeah. He's like, you do it right, the meat does the rest. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. I'll use, I'll use Lari's here and there for just like different flavorings or whatnot for sure. But I need to, but the adobo kicks. The adobo does kick well. I love adobo. Yeah. You can put it on everything. Basically. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh, boy. So, my first experience with stand-up comedy, I uh, was four years uh, old, and it was George Carlin. Oh, my gosh. It was actually... So you got, this is how you go to Sailor Mouth early. Like. Correct. Um, it was on a, what was called the Big Six tape, because okay. my sister had just turned six, and we're only 19 months apart. Uh-huh. And the very beginning of the tape, um, pretty sure it was an accident that was on there, but it was the Toledo window box stint. Mm. If you're not familiar with that, George Carlin was trying to figure out um, why marijuana strands were called different things. Uh-huh. He didn't understand why there were strands called Alaskan Thunderfuck <laughs> when why he's like why can't you just call it like where it came from like toledo window box (laughs) (laughs) and exactly so even when i grew up and was uh able to choose my own comedy i was like oh george carlin i have to hear more of this oh yeah and when i asked about the albums uh we had a lot of comedy albums we had richard we had richard pryor we had george carlin um old school SNL people like mm-hmm. old school blues brothers, Adam Sandler, stuff like that, or way before it, his time. Yeah, like, yeah, like, so like Belushi then. Or yes, like Belushi. Did Candy uh, ever do stand up? Yes, okay. and uh, Steve Martin for yeah. sure. No, yeah. uh, I have the same birthday as Gilda Radner, so mm-hmm. she was very big in my life for a very long time. Even nice. did a book report about her in middle school that made me like run out of the room crying about. It's intense. Like you just loved it that much. Like you I, just yeah, very much so. Solid. Yeah, I mean, to this day, I still I respect everything she did. 
Gene Wilder. I mean, come on, who doesn't love him as uh, Willy I Wonka? To, I, I need to see Blazing Saddles. Yes, I for need, sure. I still need to see that. Yeah, you gotta like renew is, that stuff is, in your head sometimes here's, here's, and keep it fresh. <laughs> here's the worst part, real quick. Sure. Is that while I'm listing like these giant cultural gaps in my upbringing, believe it or not, my girlfriend is infinitely worse. <laughs> like infinitely worse. Like she had a worse disconnection with music because she was doing ballet. So all she has is like classic music. So like she loves Frank, but she has all this classical music from ballet. Right. And then she didn't get back, and then she hasn't didn't get back to pop stuff till probably high school as well or something like that. So I was like, Jesus. <laughs> my first cassette tape that I purchased with my uh, with my choice of money, uh, <laughs> I even had to have my sister say the name of it because it had hell in the title, and I didn't want to. <laughs> you sweet little kiss you girl at the time. At the t- I mean, was she, was she the rebellious one then? Was she the first rebellious one? Or? No, I was the first rebellious one, and oh, and then I got better, and she got worse, <laughs> and then and then now we take turns going back and oh, forth on who gets to be better sweat. or worse. Exactly, exactly right. But my first cassette tape was Run DMC Highway to Hell. Okay. <laughs> Yep, that paved the way for many, many wonderful things. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's definitely more the uh, Run DMC mm-hmm. than the Aerosmith aspect of it. So mm-hmm. I was, I got on hip hop and, and rap as soon as I possibly could. Yeah. And growing up in rural town, uh, Indiana, it was definitely kind of hard to come across. <laughs> what, drew you, what drew you to it? Um, what drew you to it? I, I loved it. Just yeah. the just did the the funk, the beat like it just it it sings to me like the lyrics or anything like that really catchy. Totally, uh, the beat has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. I I definitely like bass. Yeah, uh, I always sound. have very yeah. much so. Yeah, very sound much so. Raised on it, oh well, yes. I mean, in Indiana, it's nothing but country back in the seventies and eighties, right? Yeah. And if it's if it's not labeled as country, then it's because there's a banjo involved and it's called bluegrass. So <laughs> okay. Those and, are the different variations. And so banjo must be blue with, with some grass. So I was very much um, on the, the hip-hop urban path. And then when we moved to Florida um, in 87, that definitely just got kicked into high gear. And yeah. Well, yeah, because Florida, like, well, Florida's late for everything. But Florida does have sort of, like, a lot of, there's been a couple in the past, like, 10 oh dear like 15 years that have actually come out of florida between like t-pain florida um well my first experience when i moved to florida was definitely on the uh, illicit track and this oh. is back before parental advisories were even listed on on cassette tapes oh dear and it was oh yeah i grew up with like easy e and too short man yeah. so i can't even say some <laughs> I still oh, remember you, it. You, I can recite it. Tom Segura go the fuck off on hip hop. No. Tom Tom Segura the the comic stand up comic. No. You might appreciate him. He's a very dry delivery. Um, like Stephen Wright style. I couldn't say for a Stephen Wright. Uh, like I've just gotten. I've just been introduced to George Burns recently. So I'm running through George right now, or at least whatever I can find, which oh. is very very little on YouTube, honestly. But yeah, he's, he's fantastic. YouTube didn't exist when he was in his prime, so that's understandable. What an unfortunate set of circumstances. He was a genius. <laughs> he was. Yeah. He. I've en- I've engraved many a smart, wonderful thing that he said. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, definitely up there. I mean, it all usually was a liquor reference of some sort. Like, yeah. Um, he's like, it only takes one drink to get you drunk. I've never been able to figure out if it's the thirteenth or fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> 
George Burns. <laughs> oh, jeez. What was the, the interview I just saw where it's like, yeah, George knows all these lines. He'll, he'll rattle this up. George, uh, did you take a bath today? Why? Is one missing? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, yeah, Tom has a huge thing for, like, hip-hop. So, like, when... I, I've never heard of Too Short. I, I thought it was a more recent rapper from, like, the Little Wayne era. And I was like, no, he's a really old-school rapper, actually. Around, Very. Like, around Easy's time before, you know, rest in peace. I was like, all right, well, shit, like... Again, we just go back to, like, I didn't hear... So, like, were you, were you there when, like, Nas, like, broke the scene? When Nas came out back in, like, the 90s, I believe? He wasn't, like, a big thing, but yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so that's probably the generation, <laughs> the generation like, right after. That was, oh, that was way later. Way later. Way later. Way later. <laughs> I'm just woefully ignorant of <laughs> when, when I say Big Luther and Little Luther, Little Luther, Luther was from Two Live Crew. Okay. Does that name ring a bell? No, it doesn't, ah! man. We are, we are on two different planets right now, man. Like I was, I'm a child of the 70s. <laughs> I'm, I, I was born 91, so like I can say I'm a 90s baby. But it's, re- it's really sad when I go look at documentaries, like, or little, like, the, um, so v- uh, was it, um, Netflix had a series where it's like the 90s, mm-hmm. and it went by like each year or something like that. And it just really, like, really focused on one thing or another. So either focus on, like, the music with, like, Nirvana and all that. Love or, Nirvana. Or, yeah. And so, like, I'm sitting there going, like, just very sadly looking at, like, the first 10 years of my life and going, I was born there, but my ability to participate in what, like, defined that decade is massively delayed. Me too. It's also the 90s were the beginning of uh, some extensive drug use for myself, so. Do you just not remember a lot of it then? <laughs> Oh, I remember a lot of it. <laughs> there are parts I don't remember, yes. But most of it you do, like, good news, like, Correct. Tip, tip is forward. So I love the 90s. So then are you the, are you the crazy aunt in the family? Like, do you have nieces and nephews or whatnot, or? <coughs> I, you... I have a niece, yes. Okay. So you get yes. to cor- corrupt her, or is her mom? <coughs> her no, this is the one I got to corrupt, <coughs> my goddaughter, oh, who okay. is, uh. Okay. You know, the best kind of family is uh, definitely not by blood. The one you pick. <laughs> Very much so. The best family is the one you pick. Yeah, she is. she's literally my pride and joy. Mm. <clears throat> if I were to ever have a kid, <laughs> it would be just like her. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, she's been in my life since she it's the like, day she came home from the hospital. Uh, one of the reasons ooh. she was tattooed was because she was uh, in NICU for a good amount of time. Ooh. She was born two months premature and... We weren't even sure if she was going to make it. Yeah, right, right. Goodness. And now she's 14 and she just went to homecoming and she's a wonderful, very oh, that's great. well-adjusted you, child. But I love this because now you can look as like, you're not aging well over here. Like, <laughs> she has consistently asked me, like, where's the progression pictures? Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, dear. <laughs> that costs money that you don't have. That's all I need is her face all Basically. the way up my arm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, what, am I going to sacrifice my whole forearm for you? Come her father on. did. Her father, it's it. Her name is all the way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Gosh, what a spoiled only child. I would know nothing about that. <laughs> I would know absolutely nothing about that. I'm sure. <laughs> I got to be an only child for the first. How old are you when it's about eighth grade, seventh grade? Seventh, eighth grade 10, would 11, be 12, 13, maybe? 12 ish, 13 ish. Yeah. So I was an only child for about 13 years, and then I was a middle child for about five years, and then I'm an only child again. Wow. Yeah. 
That was my life. Yeah. That weird. was very interesting. I've but always been the youngest. The funny thing is that when I was a middle child, I was still like the very clear like adult child out of all of them. <laughs> like so like we were helping um my stepdad um like sort out his like old house that he lived in. We like did the roof on it, cleaned the fucking house out where he had renters in and shit. Okay. And someone decided it was a good idea to leave like his revolver somewhere in the house. And, like, I see it, and I'd already had enough interaction with guns as a child, and also my dad's with, like, you know, my dad's 44 that he used to have, so, like, Clint Eastwood shit, to shoot and skeet, to BB guns, to all that. So I, like, see it, I go over, and, like, mess with it, cock it, uncock it, just, okay. I go back to whatever. And apparently his son, mind you, like, Joe had like a police background okay so it's like well your education for your son here's a little lucky apparently his son joey went over picks it up and cocks it but doesn't know to uncock and just puts it down and walks away and so like joe comes out and finds it starts like going the fuck off on it and is like i bet it was aaron or some shit and mom's like no no he knows how to deal with this she they like asked me he's like he was like yeah mess with it and i put it back he's like oh and then joey finally fesses up and I was like, yeah, the fuck. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I fucked with him once, actually, with Joey, because, like, he made a bet that I couldn't get access to his gym locker when I'd learned the trick of just, like, kicking the locker or whatever. Nice. So you could just, like, you know, and then just relock it. <laughs> and so he's like, I bet you fucking can't do that or something like that. He called, bull- <laughs> he called bullshit on me, like, Tuesday on the way home. And I was like, okay. Deal is sealed. Because <laughs> I figured out what period he was at, and it was right after mine. So I was like... Cool. Go in the locker, go in there. And I had like a female teacher, so no one was really going to watch me or anything like that. Right. So I just like go over, take the jersey stuff, you know, throw it in my bag, lock up. I get to, um, I get to the bus and I just like go over to like Joey or whoever, the, it might have been Joey or the kid, um, his, one of his idiot friends. And I was like, <laughs> oh, by the way, here you go. And he's like, you're the asshole that stole my shit. I was like. He told me I couldn't do it. Like, we had to write all period because of you because they literally like lined everyone up. It's like who stole his shit, and no one had in the entire room. And we get home, and Joey is trying to like play victim or whatever. And my mom just chuckles like, "Don't challenge him. If he says he can do it, don't fucking do it." And his dad Joe is trying to get all pissed. And he's like, "Don't fucking do that shit. That's horrible. You're you're stealing or what?" I was like, "He challenged me." Get the fuck off my dick. Like. Yeah, exactly. Two things I've realized that I, I do um, things out of spite. Like, tell me I can't do something and oh, I yeah. like have yeah. to do it now. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Now I have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you told me I can't. So guess what? <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. I think it's a good thing that no one challenged me saying that I couldn't become like a Navy, Navy SEAL or a Marine because I'd be dead by now or something like that. Like, I've heard those yes. stories where, like, a top-level SEAL or something like that became one yeah. because someone bet he could, like, just said it, that he couldn't <laughs> do it. And he's like, top top of my unit. I run shit. Uh, I killed Bin Laden. Go fuck yourself. Like, You know, like, I want to quote a line from Breakfast Club right now. But, do it. <laughs> do it. Like, oh, no, no. I want to be an Air Force Ranger. Oh, <laughs> Fly through the skies okay. and face the danger. So, okay, so, okay. So, I love Breakfast Club. And I was up at my dad's a few weekends ago, and he just leaves the TV running, which is fantastic because it's like going back to the 90s when it was just TV because my dad has no internet. Okay. Like, it's fantastic. And when you're up there where he's at, it's like fucking 
There's no signal, and I love it. Um, I can just I just leave my phone because it doesn't fucking work anyway, and I stare at the forest and wish I had a bow and arrow to shoot at targets or something like that. Nice. Ah. Uh, um. And so, like, so Friday night, I I get there and we start watching Billy the Kid. Okay. Like whatever that movie. Which version? Uh, like the actual original that has um the Brit taking in all the boys. The black and white one. No, the colored one. <laughs> I forget what it's originally called. You say the original. <laughs> no, I am so young I know. <laughs> that I don't know what the original TCM is. Okay, get the fuck off my dick. God. That's I, awesome. I feel like I should be wearing a diaper right now. <laughs> thinking, man. Like, I think I'm closer to the diaper age than you are right now like, in the other way. By age and biological, bi- biological ability, yeah. Like, you know, give it five years and I'll be gifting you fucking... Um, God, what's that, what's that adult diaper brand? Depends. Depends. <laughs> Like, I always like, said that I wanted to die before depends happened. <laughs> but the closer you get, you're like, well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm okay. still kind of healthy. You know, I, I, I could warm myself up. Oh, that's another joke. <laughs> I could warm myself up with a shitter of piss right about now. <laughs> winter, winter doesn't scare me anymore. <laughs> no, I totally just went Steve Martin with that one. Okay, so yeah, no, use the like, restroom. Whatever the name of the movie is that had like, um, I cannot remember names. Has the wrestler, the jock from Breakfast Club, as Billy the Kid, and it has um, from Two and a Half Men. Emilio Estevez. Is that his name? Emilio Estevez plays it. Yes. Okay. Um, and then it has Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen as yeah. the other leader. So they're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. <laughs> well, not actual brothers. Like they're just they're not actual brothers in this. They're just like okay. a group of a group of kids that are taken on by the British man that lives in the area, and he gets murdered, and now they okay. just. And then Billy the Kid basically like prompts him into a murder spree. I didn't know they were in a movie together. Yeah. Like, Interesting. And that's where, like, Billy the Kid comes from for, like, oh, my dad's reference, basically. Okay. Because, like, Billy the Kid just shoots everything. Well, yes. Like, so, like, that's the first time I saw the character that was Billy the Kid. And okay. It was, and it was Emilio Estevez, as would be, who is the wrestler in The Breakfast Club. And I sat there watching and going, there's no way this guy becomes the main character. And then he becomes the main character. I'm like, I hate this. Because, like, his character in The Breakfast Club was such a pissant. And now he's different like, movie. It is a different movie. Like there's a juxtaposition, and it bothered me. I was like, "You're supposed to be with the binky crying about your dad, but now you're just a psychopath killing everything." This is how people get stuck in one kind of character. Well, it's like Harrison Ford problems after Star Wars and shit. Yeah, but Harrison Ford went on to do the so many things. Yeah, so many things. I got. I got. This is where I really appreciated VH1 for giving me all of the pop culture from, like, the 70s forward. Like, that's so 70s and shit. <laughs> like, that's that's the best education I got. Okay. For what I had. Okay. okay. Like, this conversation is truly showing how inept it was. <laughs> but otherwise, it would be more inept. Okay? I, like. <laughs> like. <laughs> break. <laughs> <laughs> I need your pity. I don't need your laughs right now. <laughs> but like, I got like, and my dad gave me so fucking much fun when I think about it. So like, it highlighted VH1. I think highlighted that point in the Fugitive where it's like the, one of the best lines that Tommy Lee Jones ever gives, where like Harrison Ford and him are like face to face in the sewer or something like that. And he's like, I didn't do it. And Tommy Lee's like, I don't care. Yep. It's like, shit. Yep. It's a good movie. What was it? What else, Dad? Give me U.S. Marshals. Where Tommy Lee starts it with the chicken suit. I vaguely remember that yeah. one. What else? 
all Steven Seagal shit. Like the, um, <laughs> the Navy's the Navy ship where he just takes them all out while they're on yes. the sub or the Navy ship. I, I can honestly say I don't think there's a, a Steven Seagal movie I haven't seen, so. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. VH1's the only sort of... VH1's all I got, basically, for, like, late middle school and early high school to, like, try to get me up to date on references and on who anyone was. Like, so, you know, the original, vo- uh, the original voice actor for... Um, Zazu and Lion King, not John Oliver, but um, Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. I maybe had a touch of introduction to him with Hollywood Squares. I can't stand him. He drives me insane. That oh, yeah, voice, well, it just, oh. Well, he, I got uh. a proper introduction to him and his comedy style with, with um, him being a frequent on That's So. It's like, it's like, I'll go play with your erector set. And yep that, and that re- and that reference game so like <laughs> that was the reason i got a decent introduction to much of anything outside of just hearing people making references like so you remember when um robin williams did one of his last stamp comedy routines where it was like the um like the metal spires in the back and like the one eye above is like uh robin williams on broadway it was like early 2000s or something and i literally remember watching that several times and going back and watching it years later and getting more and more references. Like, I didn't even yes. know who the fuck Tanya Harding was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, watch your kneecaps. Yeah, basically. Like, mm-hmm. like five years later, I finally get like, oh, here's the background for Tanya Harding. Like, right around, like, probably when Margot Robbie did the biopic of her. I was like, oh, okay. I remember that, that, I remember that well. Now. Yeah. I remember it well. Or he um, he had, like, a, he had like a high-profile lawyer reference. And I was like, who? And I found out, like, oh, that's the lawyer that helped out OJ. Yeah, the only reason the Kardashians are famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Did you ever see Joe Rogan? So you, you've just caught into Joe Rogan's comedy, One. Right? I have seen one special. Is it the one that has him with the Kim Kardashian impression at the end? No, not at all. It was definitely much older. It was 80s or 90s. The, and was he in Detroit? I can, was he in I, can, I have no idea what city he was in. I can only tell because the copy... That's how I know how old it was. The, co- the copy? Yeah, because we were watching it on something that was streaming, and the okay. copy was like, oh, that was totally VHS. Yeah. <laughs> was he like really in a colorful shirt with hair? No, he had a hat on. He had a hat on? It looked like he was filming it in like a coffee shop. It was mm. okay. somewhat narrow. Okay. Not sure then. Not sure. Because I'm not like the biggest, I'm not, the, I'm not an incredible Joe Rogan fan, I'm a solid Joe Rogan comedy fan. Um... But I think I've caught all of his specials since, like, the early 2000s when he had, like, this Mountain Man cover deal where he did the special in Detroit. Detroit. Shh, you're okay. (laughs) I knew I should have muted the desktop audio on this broadcast. I think I have, like, random audio spikes for whoever listens to this shit. (laughs) It all sounds different on the other side. (laughs) Oh. So do you have? So are you like starting to explore more comedy now, or do you just found Joe Rogan and just like went with it for there? It was a uh, it was a recommendation from a friend. Oh okay. And he's like, "You haven't heard of that? We have to watch it." And nice. we did. Nice. So did you see any of the recent Dave Chappelle stuff? I love Dave Chappelle, and the answer is yes. I saw him live. Well, not live. I mean, in person um, at UCF before his stent away. 
when he was standing on the stage chain smoking when smoking wasn't even allowed in that auditorium. Oh, my man. We were all like, ooh, he's going to get in trouble. <laughs> but we had so much fun, and he oh, yeah. is so unbelievably amazing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean... Even his special, like, the recorded stuff just feels so in person because of just his, like... I love him. He's nailed that casual conversation totally. style so well that you're almost you're almost believing like especially as someone who understands how stand-up comedy has developed and matures mm-hmm. and is created you're kind of watching him going like i swear he actually is coming up with this right now yeah like i feel like that was him and and cat williams i love oh, cat yeah. williams well cat williams for me only had like the pimp chronicles part two was like peak and then after that like i was following american hustle and a few others and it never hit as hard again i love him I love him personality-wise, for sure. Eddie Griffin. <laughs> Eddie Griffin's had one special in the past few years. Love him. That was fantastic, and I wish he had more new material. The very first time he ever busted out with the Michael Jackson stuff, mm-hmm. it was like, oh my god, Eddie Griffin, <laughs> you know? He can go, do the, fuck them, man. He can do the voice, he can do the dance, he can, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. I wish he did more stand-up, man. Agreed. I think he's just hanging out though right now. Like, he, <laughs> like he's like, I don't need to make more money because then I'm making my wives more, my ex wives more money. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Did you catch Mitch Hedberg? Who? Mitch Hedberg. Not ringing a bell. Oh god, he's a goddamn legend. Okay. Um, he was. Um, Lenny Bruce is a legend. That's probably who I was thinking of before, who was around the fifties or something like that, fifties, sixties. Probably Lenny Bruce. Lady Bruce. Yeah. Because he kind of had an I don't give a fuck attitude. What about Jim Jeffries? He's more current. The Australian, yeah. Yeah. He's he's more commercial now. Love him. He's great. He's an idiot. Yeah, totally. He's an idiot, but it's kind of fantastic. It is. Because I remember, I think it was his final story on one of his recent specials where he like has a story where he's like going to like this celebrity party and he's performing and Al Pacino's there and stuff. That was was two back, but yes. Yeah, yeah, and Eddie Murphy's there or whatnot. It's like, hey, big fan. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, Jim Jeffries is good funny. But, like, his image is that he's an idiot. It's kind of like, um, oh, what's his name? He prides himself on being the comedian that brought cunt back. <laughs> <laughs> because it's such a English-Australian culture word. America still has... It's a word, but some people view it as, like, the worst. more harsh than any other yeah, yeah, yeah. variation like it is, of it. It's the worst thing to call a woman. Nah, like, there's worse things than call a woman. <laughs> what, like... No, uh, it's up there. Don't what, get me wrong. What about unmarried? <laughs> like, <laughs> like single in your forties. Let's try that one. No, it's it's definitely it's definitely up there, and they're they're you know that's a word that people feel very strongly about, no matter which angle they come See, to. I would have. I think he like I, he's more than welcome to try to pride himself on it. But I think Louis C.K. did so much for that word with. Uh, some of his other... The one thing I can appreciate about Louis C.K. is when the Me Too movement came to him, he was like, yep, I did it. Yeah. But, like, Dave has also done a fantastic job of breaking that down. Mm-hmm. Like, no one got, like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then they stay in the room. Mm-hmm. It's like, but he has power over them. It's like, that's their choice to let him have power over them. Like, it's sort of like, do you choose to be free people or not? It's sort of like the call at this point. So, like, did you see this? The it was a leak, unfortunately. But did you see that he actually was like caught. He was um, he had a set that was recorded in, at Gotham or something like that. 
Louis C.K. No like, idea. he's gotten back to trying to get work or whatnot, so if he has a special in the next year, I will not be surprised. But he was working on material, and someone put out a recording of it on YouTube, and it's it's classic Louis. Is it? Like, right from the get-go. Like... There's some people I really want to see emerge again, and there's yeah. some people that I hope stay back in the closet that they fell into. Uh, like, I really want to see something from Kevin Spacey very soon. I need I, some yeah, Spacey. Because, well, his thing dropped out. Like, his whole... The whole I know, House of Cards. It dropped. Well, House of Cards dropped and died and everything, yeah, which was unfortunate for the series. But, like, his actual charge... Oh, I know. I'm it's aware. It's gone. I know. And I'm sitting there going, like... Right. Can we victim blame now? Right. Can we victim blame this situation? Because, like... An entire, like, one of the biggest dramas of our time got crashed because of a he, should, he said, she said. Um, and Kevin, like, did his due diligence of, like, apologizing or whatnot. But, like, the entire Me Too movement in its, like, worst form just... Welcome to, like, no jurisprudence and the mob gets to, like, take control. What is that song that they just redid so they could put it out for holiday time that they took off the radio? Um, oh, um... It's cold outside, baby. It's cold outside. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So I know of some people who go the fuck off on that because they think it's a rapey song. And then someone actually like did an analysis of it based on actual 50s culture or at least the generation it's in. And it's like, no, this is her trying to get some, but having to utilize the proper verbiage to get there. That's why I'm saying I think people just like read way too much into a lot of things and take it really, really far. Well, you know? it's it's a part of the virtue signaling thing. It's like I'm gonna find whatever horrible thing I'm gonna virtue signal myself and saying that it's horrible and disgusting or whatnot. Right. And now I feel better about myself and I'll go masturbate to my likes. Right. Like, you know, like especially being a child of the '70s and being you know raised in Indiana and until yeehaw. the late '80s. Oh. And corn. Um, actually, that was a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it was literally called I'm flashbacks of, like, Cowboy Bebop right now. <laughs> and just so you know, we only had three channels. Three channels. And the streaming thing never existed. We couldn't oh, even no. get cable because there you was no ante- signal to you get. Had just antenna. We had rabbit ears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even... We couldn't even get MTV until we moved to Florida. And I'm sitting there going, like, was that really an upgrade, though? Like, yes. I have friends that were here in Florida. They moved back to Indiana. MTV is where I fell in love with Jon Stewart, who I oh, I will wait. say right now, Jon Stewart for president. Like, I would vote for him. He would not take that so, job. Oh, I know he wouldn't, but I'm just saying, I grew up with him. Uh, politically, I agree with everything that comes out of his mouth, and I wish he was in a bigger platform than he is right I, now. Cause, I, I, did you see where wow. him and Dave Chappelle, like, teamed up for a while? No, but after I leave here, I will watch that. There's an interview. I will where watch it. There's an interview, like a CNN interview, where it's Dave Chappelle and um and um John Stewart, and that sounds amazing. And what I I think so I can't say what you say in terms of like agreeing with everything because I can't say that accurately and like know that what I'm saying is going to be true. Or, like, <laughs> someone's gonna bring us. Do you agree with this? I'm like, actually, I don't. You're a liar. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, but. I've always appreciated, like, when he had the Rachel Maddow interview years ago, um, is that when John is given a proper long-form conversation, there's something about how incredibly rational and intelli- and intelligent his discussion is. Absolutely. Um, that you're just kind of sitting there by the end of it going, like, there's some things I don't agree with, but I can't help but just respect your ability to conversate. Correct. And discuss the issue in a full manner. Absolutely. As opposed to everything that's sort of still trying to survive on mainstream medias. And as far as like every 
everything around him that he that came from him, like Stephen Colbert, oh. Samantha B, John Oliver. I follow them all yeah. because I just pray I'm going to get a glimpse of John Stewart on something, you know, basically because like, he does make cameos on a regular, oh yeah. Oh yeah. you know, but and like, he's. I think the thing is that he did his one big thing with um, Daily Show, with the Daily Show, and that was like. And the unfortunate thing is that someone did identify that that was what my generation identified of, like, their political job for the day is, like, watch that show, make their tweets, and then go back to their lives. Right. When we're still waiting for, like, anyone to have the kind of action that, like, Hong Kong's having right now of actually, like, physically doing anything. Well. And actually having movements that are corrupted, like Black Lives Matter apparently is. I, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, the, the amount of protests... That we've seen lately has definitely, you can only say, like, has not been at this level since the 60s and 70s when people were yeah, protesting the war. Like, for pro- sure. So, yeah, well, like, are we talking, like, protests, like, across this country? Yes, because we our... protest for everything now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the funny thing. And the that, fact like, that we even have to is disturbing. Well, we, well it's, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a giant, can I ever find the right words? There's a point where it's been diluted. Because we're protesting about so many things, mm-hmm. and none of them are core. There, none of them are a proper analysis. So, like the one I can, the one I feel that I can drive really well on, is sort of the gun debate. Okay. And while I do have the sort of the reasonable thing is like you don't need you don't exactly need a military level gun. Because I actually did a paper. On, I was going to be a part of a debate for it, but they, I didn't get called up for it because i would have murdered the counter at the time um for theatrics as well as uh, the stats that i pulled um (laughs) there's plenty of stats that when you outlaw them entirely gun violence rises massively and so does crime um australia has good stats on that it took them over it took them about 20 years before they almost 20 years before they had a mass shooting when they got down to just pistol just handguns for public um but like for the argument of gun availability in tandem with the mass shootings what i've been able to sort of glean and understand out of listening to um listening to jordan peterson and listening to sort of what is being identified as like the main at least what i feel is what i feel is really causing um the gun violence and the mass shooting stuff has nothing to do with the muslim thing or terrorism it has to do with the at least this modern age of Western culture, it has to do with sort of the death of God and like classic ideas of religion. And instead of having sort of like the Russian revolution and communism and Nazism, we were able to perpetuate the faith through the 20th century, but we're at a point where a lot of at least my generation and on are finding it incredibly hard because of how far along science is to go into a faith-based situation unless you're okay with the very soft versions of congregations that exist right now. So you have, probably, you have a lot of very soft idea of the church and they have their contemporary music and they have their well-wishing ideas, but they're not speaking hard truths and they're not really like attacking things properly and really, like I have a problem when your church gets so 